Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Thinking Coach with David Petrozello. We're back again this week for another very important thinking coach. We've got a, a very interesting topic up for today, considering the situation here in Australia where we're all back in lockdown. Um, but I want to hand across to David, and good to see you again, mate. How you doing? Good, Jerome. Good. Uh, I'm sorry to hear, obviously, about everything happening uh, in uh, in Australia with, with the uh, renewal of lockdowns and, uh, and just the situation generally there. We are very fortunate here in, in British Columbia, um, in Canada, to be you know moving in the right direction. Uh, we have a lot of positive news coming now as vaccination rates are closing in on or breaking 80% uh, for the adult population and uh, our state of emergency is being lifted and we have um, a variety of other things that are opening up. So I know it's this uneven landscape out there for all of our coaches and all of our grassroots sports people um, in different countries. And, you know, I, I just, I just really am hoping that we, uh, we can collectively turn a corner here uh, sooner rather than later. Um, and, and just before we start, Jerome, I, I just wanted to, to take a quick second to um, just to, to, to bring attention to um, some recent events in Canada. We, we have, uh, you, you may have heard the news, it's made world news. Um, there have been some discoveries of uh, burial sites um, at former residential schools here in different parts of Canada. There have been some more announcements here in the last couple of days of uh, additional sites uh, where children were, were buried um, unbeknownst to their family uh, over the years of the residential school system. And in Canada, we um, September 30th annually is Orange Shirt Day, um, which is uh, meant to be a symbol of, of reconciliation and, and recognition and trying to grapple with the reality of, of um, things that were done as Canada was was being founded and as Canada was developing as a country, things that were done to our indigenous populations. And uh, it's, um, we've had another tragic reminder and we, we all grieve uh, for the families and for the children that were, that, that were uh, lost in, in, in such ways. And so I'm, I am wearing an orange shirt uh, tonight um, uh, as a small way of showing my, my solidarity with, um, with our, our First Nations Indigenous populations and uh, the pain that they continue to endure um, as a result of, of that system. So um, that's why I'm wearing orange. Um, and I just wanted to, to take, a se take a second before we dive in to, to, to recognize, uh, recognize things that are going on. And, and uh, I'll, I'll be saying prayers continuously for, uh, for healing and reconciliation in our country. Mm -hmm. Yes, we've all we've all seen the news, and we all know what has been uh, has been coming out, and it seems to be that it, more and more um, uh, incidences of of this have have surfaced out. So it is a very important. Uh, it is very important, and uh, you know, um, countries have to heal. They have to um, to move forward, but they also have to understand and accept. You know. Uh, as we say, the sins of the past, um, and you don't learn from you. You have to learn from the past in order to be better in the future. So it is, it is, it is very important. Uh, without mm. doubt. 
So we are talking about coaching during the pandemic and the mm-hmm. difficulty that are met by it. Um, as we know, West Australia is now firmly back in lockdown, which means there is no community sport, which means coaches are sitting at home, um, you know, not sure what's going to happen next. Um, how difficult personally for you, let's, let's open it up on that, how difficult has this been from a coaching point of view? Um you know, obviously Canada's in a lot better shape now, but there was a period of time where things were uh, up and down with with no end in sight. Um, how, how difficult has it been? It's been hard. It's been really hard for all of us, I think, that are involved in sport, involved in coaching. Like everything that we do inherently involves other people. It involves close you know, contact and interaction with our athletes, with other coaches. It involves, you know, basically everything that we were not, you know, permitted to do to, in order to try and reduce the spread of, of COVID-19. Um, and so our, our area uh, of sport in general and grassroots sport in particular, and I'm, I know we're going to, we'll get to speaking about like the impact on youth and, and how youth sport and it's, its suspension um, over such a long period of time has affected young people. But for me personally, it's been really hard. Um, you know, we had an, some, a couple added challenges just personally, we, we changed provinces. Uh, we moved to a different, we moved from Alberta, a neighboring province uh, across the Rocky Mountains over to British Columbia, where we are now in the Vancouver area. And, um, you know, I, I took on some new teams. I took on new roles. Um, I assumed a head coaching role at a post-secondary school at a college um, where, you know, I, for the first two months, every interaction I had with my new players was over Zoom. Uh, and, uh, you know, even when we started getting together, we weren't able to, to do certain things. And we were, you know, so it, it's definitely been uh, a great challenge. Uh, it's been, it's been difficult um, I, I think that like adaptation burnout is a real thing. Um, you know, we, we like to say you got to roll with the punches at, at some point, those punches start connecting, mm. uh, and, uh, you know, it's okay to, to, to recognize that we we're just tired. Uh, and it's, it's kind of difficult sometimes to keep a positive mindset when we can, we go through all of this, we, we find ways to innovate, we find ways, and we can talk about all that, we find ways to, to connect with our teams and to try and continue to keep people uh, together. And then we have to stop. And then we have to, then we get to start again. And then we have to stop again. And then like this continual roller coaster um, is, is probably the most difficult aspect of this whole experience. That has been the situation for me. Um, and, uh, and I know I'm not alone. I, I can only imagine it's been the same for you. It is. It's a, it's a difficult period, you know, you, and, and I'm not the only one. I, I often speak to other coaches about um, the importance of using this, using this time wisely. Um, what, I guess, before we get into how it impacts on youth and, and, and we are going to head in that direction as well because this is a relevant topic. Mm. 
what should coaches be doing during this time? How should they, how should they be trying to utilise this period? Should you know what? What have you uh, yourself been doing, and and what would you say to coaches out there? Should they be, you know, using this using this period where they they're obviously not doing what they love? Um, how should they uh, they utilise the the for want of a better term, downtime, even though it's not really. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? The first thing I would say to that, Jerome, is that everyone, coaches included, need to really um, give themselves permission to practice self-care and to be honest with themselves about how they are going through this experience as a person. We often are uh, putting ourselves second, third, you name it, uh, further down the list after our, our families and our teams and things like that. Um, and at the end of the day, this, this period of time right now with, you know, COVID-19 uh, is a, a historic event. Um, and hopefully it's not something that will be repeated, but it's something that we've all experienced and we've all gone through this together. So the, the number one thing I would say is you need to practice some self-care you need to know when to say no to something, when to unplug. Um, and as much as we love what, what it is that we are doing, um, it should never come at the expense. And you've heard me say this before. It should never come at the expense of our own emotional, mental well-being um, and so forth. Because if, if we don't take care of ourselves, how can we take care of anyone else um, in terms of like our athletes or teams and, and, and so forth? In terms of, you know, uh, like a... a sort of point B to that would be, you know, we don't have to be efficient and we don't have to be on all the time. Mm. Um, yeah. it, I think it's a great thing to emerge during this downtime, as you call it, is the advent of online learning, online um, interactions, right? Zoom meetings, conversations with people around the world, online clinics, um, online degrees, like everything got shifted to the virtual environment. And, um, you know, that can lead us to to want to overconsume uh, all of this stuff and to feel like we need to be constantly doing something to get better. And don't get me wrong, I'm a voracious get better guy. Um, however, you know, if if you're not giving yourself that space for rest um, because you're like, hey, here's another clinic I can go to. Oh, let me stay up till three in the morning and and, and go on this webinar from this other place. And, you know, let me let me, you know, read this book and study this book. at some point. Right. Like you're going to burn the candle on both ends and it's just not going to work for you. So um, definitely I would start off by by really communicating the importance of self-care and and being honest with yourself secondly yeah i was just going to say secondly to all of that there everything is now out there for us to 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 learn and to get connected into so you know i'm sure we're going to talk about how we can all get better during this time and how we can um can you continue to try and connect with our teams but yeah, I just I, I think that's so important for coaches uh, to recognize that you know what you got to take care of yourself as well. 
It is. It is. It's. It's a vitally important thing. And 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 just just quickly, Kieran is is joining us again, and and obviously, uh, they're in lockdown in Sydney as well. So um, he's uh, he's firmly uh, he's firmly at home and firmly in lockdown as well. So it, it's everywhere at the moment in Australia, as we know, other than uh, Tasmania. Who, for all those living in Tasmania, who would be, you know you you you're doing pretty well at the moment. You're uh, your home free. Oh, Victoria of all places, funnily enough, is the other one. Um, hard to believe it. You know, 18 months ago, no one would have thought Victoria would be uh, um, the the hub of it all and 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 COVID and everyone would be going, everyone would be COVID free over there. But there you go. So shows you how this thing changes and moves and, it does. and yeah. what's in front of you. 100%. Um, from, we, let's, let's head, let's talk about what a coach can do to use use this time to improve. What what um, and to engage with it. How do they? How do they? What sort of innovation is important now? How how important is it that that coaches are thinking like we talked about? We talked about innovation last week. This is the time to start thinking about how to innovate, how to change, how to adapt, how to adjust. How important is that? Absolutely. You know, one of the things I, I believe we all need to come to grips with is the fact that everything is going to be different after COVID-19. Mm. And if everything is going to be different, I think what that means is that we are going to need to be different as well. Um, it means we're going to need to um, work differently. It's going to mean we're going to need to be together differently, perhaps as, as a group. Um, the way that we interact is going to be different. Um, the, the mindset regarding sport might be different. You know, the, everything is going to be different just in general and specifically within sport. So that opportunity for innovation um, is, is, I think, a really important one that we should not let by without trying to um, see where we can make improvements as a coach. And so the first thing that I did uh, personally, and I can speak on that, is um, I, I, I tried to take a wide angle lens uh, on what was out there. And, uh, you know, I have a background, my academic background is in uh, politics and, uh, and economics, public administration, so forth. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I tried to understand what the landscape was going to be to try and game out um, where I could maybe gain a competitive advantage, um, you know, as, as a coach in preparing my, my athletes and my team to deal with the, the chaos that was sure to, to come um, and, and then to continue, um, which, is, which is what we see, right? And so I took a wide angle lens and I, I looked at the various sources of information that I could find. So I, I studied what was available for me to get better at. I didn't go into the process thinking, I want to get better at this. I went into the process trying to figure out what's out there. Um, what are the conversations that are happening within coaching, within sport, within youth sport, uh, within high performance sport? Okay. What are the conversations that are happening within my sport? And um, I, I try to tap into those rivers of, of discussion and learn 
And then as I did that, I began to identify some things that made sense to me and, and other things did not make sense, but I began to be able to zero in a little bit on things that I wanted to get better at. And it, it won't be the same for me as it will be for you or for anybody else out there. It, it speaks to like what, what we're keen on and what kind of what works with us or, and for us in our situation. So then that allowed me to drill down. That allowed me to, um, to kind of go into a rabbit hole or, or two or three or four um, and find more information on, you know, myself, I, I really spent a lot of time working on um, sports psychology and trying to Im improve my understanding of high performance psychology, uh, because I could, I could identify relatively confidently that, you know, athletes who are primed to be high performers, they're, they now have to stop and they cannot perform what it is that they are primed to be excellent at. Um, they're going to struggle with re-entry to the sport. They're going to struggle with picking the sport back up. Their, their skills are not going to be where they were. Their fitness is not going to be where they were. Um, you know, and so I, I, made, I made a point of trying to prepare myself for what I knew was going to come, which is how do I help my athletes succeed and uh, support them through this transition out of sport, the period of time while they're out of it, and the transition in and the ramp up back and any sort of stop and, and, and transition back out again and all of this. Um, so, for example, for me, that was one of the areas that I was able to dive into. And, um, you know, I, I think that's a, a meaningful process for coaches to keep in mind. Start wide and just, you know, kind of see what's out there. Twitter is a great resource uh, for for coaches. There are some great, you know, sort of communities on Twitter. Stay out of the the, the junk that happens on Twitter, of which there is a lot. but you know, coaching and pedagogy and youth sports and high performance sport, there are a lot of really serious people that share incredible content um, on Twitter. And, um, and, you know, so that was one place where I, um, where I went, I, I, I networked with my community of coaches, uh, you know, all over the place. And I delivered workshops and I, I spoke with people and I, you know, I spoke at virtual clinics and I did different things that brought me into connection with my existing network, but also new networks mm. and um, which was fantastic. Um, and that exposed me to like different ideas, different ways of thinking in all of those little rabbit hole topic areas that were of interest to me. Um, and it's, it's really led to something that has been um, beneficial for me as a coach um, you know, going through that start wide, narrow down and then dive and get engaged, uh, kind of process. And so, yeah, that's, that's the way that I tackled it. And, and, you know, we, we've done it in a similar way because that's how we met. Um, I was yeah. out of that wide angle lens and then dived down and we, we met each other through that. And, you know, as I say, met with Simone Upman, who's over in South Africa and with others and you, 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 and that's, that's important, isn't it? That, use this time to engage and meet others and have a conversation because you never know what you're going to, what's going to come from it. 
Absolutely. You, you know, if you never change your um, the community with whom you're speaking, if you never if you're always speaking with the same people, you'll you'll probably be speaking about the same things. Um, and and I mean, there's there's nothing necessarily wrong about that. But if if what you're doing is looking to change the narrative a little bit and to get outside um, the box and, and kind of become uncomfortable a little bit or learn new things. You know, if, if you do what you've always done, you'll always get what you, what you've always got. Right. So you have to start, you know, branching out and, and reaching out to new people and drop people a DM, send people an email. You know, there's, there's no one who is, um, out there who's, you know, above, uh, you know, kind of being contacted and you'd be shocked at the, at, at the types of coaches, you know, uh, in terms of their level of competition, who will respond and start engaging with you and have a meaningful conversation. And that doesn't mean that you all of a sudden get to, to access to their team or whatever, but, you know, even having a brief conversation with a professional coach in the Euro league um, can be, you know, greatly beneficial uh, to, uh, to, to a young coach. And, and all you have to do is just try. Kieran jumps in and, and this goes into a little bit more into the, into the area where we, 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 we will go, which is talking about planning and, and how you deal with, you know, while you're in lockdown, you're obviously not out there doing anything, but then you come out a lot and then restrictions are obviously in place. Um, and you've got to deal with handling that. Uh, Kieran asks, from a coaching point, does coaching in COVID, especially with big numbers, affect how you're going to do your sessions, your drills due to physical distancing? Uh, are you, you can't obviously be close. How does, this hinder, how does this hinder you? How do you need to adapt in that situation? Great question. Definitely does. Everyone's local public health guidelines will be unique and different. Um, and coaches have to be, um, you know, extremely aware. Clubs need to be extremely aware. They need to have someone who is, you know, quote unquote, make, they make themselves an expert, for lack of a better term, in what yes. uh, local guidelines mean uh, in your area. But it does. Um, it changes everything. It changes the way that you um, deliver your training, changes whether or not you can train. Uh, changes what you can train. Basically, in most places, uh, to my understanding, we spend a whole lot of time on individual skill development um, across the board and basically no time on putting those skills into competition context, which is, of course, where skills are learned the best, mm. um, which has made it's made it a challenge. Yes. Um, you know, over the time that we've been in those situations where you had to maintain two meters, um, you can you share equipment? Can you not share equipment? Um, can you pass, for example, to each other? Um, you know, is, are you an indoor sport, an outdoor sport? Uh, is there hand contact? Is it a foot sport, a hand sport, a racket sport, uh, pool sport? Okay, like there, everything is going to be, of course, very different. But what coaches have to do when it comes to your planning is you need to be uh, all in on the guidelines, all in. Okay. Whatever the guidelines are, um, you buy into them 100%. Yeah. And if you buy into them 100%, your athletes will buy into them 100%. Yeah. 
And you will have athletes that will say, can we play? Who's going to know? Um, can we do this or that, uh, you know, and that sort of thing. And as leaders, I think we are most of all uh, role models. And, um, you know, we're trying to impart important values of community and responsibility and accountability. And in a small way, in a small way, I think we have a part to play in ensuring that, you know, whatever they do when they're not with us, we don't know. But when they're with us, they understand that, you know, we are all in on on doing things the right way, quote unquote. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, building that narrative and building that culture of habits within mm. your team will translate to whatever the culture of habits are that you are going to want to instill when you do start competing again. Um, because it's, it's, a, it's a discipline thing. It's a mindset thing. Um, and so those things are transferable, whether it's following one set of guidelines or following a set of principles or values or skill sets when it comes to, to this sport. Um, if they could do it in one place, they could do it in another. Right. So coaches can can look to to that, not only from a, this is our our responsibility to, to sort of promote this and to, to be role models, but it also has an impact on your preparation. Um, for for when we do come out of of that on the other end definitely your planning changes um, you're probably not going to be doing contact uh, activities uh, you're probably not going to be competing uh, if you know if those if those activities are restricted in your area um, which means you have to work on touch or you have to work on skill or you have to work work on footwork or physical fitness or you know make things game, related sport specific uh to the extent that you can mm -hmm. um and i think that frankly jerome um this is where the rubber hits the road in terms of coaches creating separation for themselves yeah because the coaches who are nimble and adaptable are able to next play all right i can't do what i've done for 15 years every practice right i gotta do something else okay cool how do i do that and, you know, the ones that are a little bit more stuck in the mud and unwilling to, to, to go with the flow and to, to change and adapt, I think they've struggled more uh, than the coaches who are a little, maybe a little bit more inherently adaptable and flexible. So coaches should not be um, afraid to ask other coaches in their sport or just other coaches in general, like, this is what I'm allowed to do. And this is what I'm not allowed to do. How do I prepare for this? Like, what do I do? What have you done? Uh, because most guidelines in most places have resembled, you know, similar things, um, you know, over the course of the pandemic, our public health authorities have learned from each other and uh, best practices have moved really quickly around the world. So, you know, a lot of these guidelines are pretty similar and chances are some coach somewhere has already been through what you're going through so just reach out for help and if you can't connect with someone directly ask you jerome ask me ask ask someone because inherently we'll know somebody somewhere that's done it and 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 you're right there and, and it's that's an important thing and and we always say look get in touch with us you know get in touch with myself get in touch with david we're happy to help we're happy to provide some guidance um 
how important is it? We're talking here now for coaches with their planning, meeting the restrictions. How important is it for coaches to, to, to perhaps instead of accepting their tradition, to change their timings, to, to go, okay, I might need more time here to do certain things because I've got to deal with a restriction that requires me to, to space things out a little more or, yep. for example, I'm not going to have the same amount of time for the players to do a warm-up and they can't warm up in the facility. How do I manage that? We, we talked about that. So how important is it to make sure that they they really are almost, you know, even though even experienced coaches, they really are almost making sure that with their planning, everything is, is written, even written down there, you know, to make sure that they know exactly um, exactly what they're going to do. Yes, absolutely. Uh, critically important. Some, some tips for coaches to keep in mind is the tried and true to begin with, which is write it down, you know, have a practice plan for, for every session uh, and put the, put the time necessary into the preparation of that plan um, to make it, to make it relevant for what you're going to be doing, what you have to deal with that day, that venue, those guidelines, whatever the case may be. Uh, certainly facility restrictions are a major uh, consideration. Um, obviously some sports more than others, indoor sports, um, you know, perhaps different than outdoor sports where, you know, perhaps you, you don't need a, a, a perfect field uh, in order to do certain things. Um, and so if you can't have access to, for example, a hockey um, surface, but you have access to some other grass surface, you can do other types of training that day that might not require, you know, ball handling and, and other types of, uh, of, of stick skills. Um, whereas, you know, in indoor sports, um, you know, it, facility restrictions are, also, are, are just very important. So keeping in mind what each facility is going to require of you, masked, unmasked, can you use a whistle, not a whistle? Can you use a hand whistle? Um, you know, all of these different things, right? And then I would say, of course, the, the, the timing of it, um, you might have less practice time because more people are trying to cram into and, uh, you know, a restricted space. There needs to be more time for cleaning. There needs to be transition time. Okay. All of these considerations have to be taken into account. So you have to be ready to accept that less is more. Okay. Do not make the mistake of trying to do too much. Um, your athletes are dealing with the same pandemic that you are dealing with as a coach. And if you're coaching kids, they have far less uh, adaptive, you know, sort of the ability to cope. Their coping mechanism is just different than yours, okay, uh, as an adult. So, you know, keep in mind that if you're throwing a bunch of stuff in a really condensed time, um, you're probably going to miss more than you hit. And their time at sport, if they get time at sport, that is their escape from the pandemic. Even though they have to live in pandemic sport realities, that is their, that is their ticket uh, out of, you know, maybe out of being stuck in the home or out of, um, you know, being, not being able to see other people. 
um, and so forth outside of their, their household. So, you know, less is more when it comes to pandemic practice planning uh, and being really conscious of the need to, um, to manage all of these different, um, uh, different things that you have to, to plan for. Your time is going to be less. I don't, I think you should be doing less. Each segment of your session should be shorter. Um, their, their, their physical capacities are going to be diminished. And so the last thing you want is when you come back from a pause, um, you try to ramp up too quick and then you have, you know, uh, hamstring issues and, and shin splints and other types of just overuse too quick, uh, going from zero to 200 uh, too quickly injuries, right? Uh, and so our, our coaches have to keep all of this in mind when it comes to the way that you plan and the way that you just uh, prepare to deliver your, your sessions. Uh, it's interesting you're talking about, um, and we're now, you know, we're moving into, you know, we're, we're obviously, we're, we're back, we're, you know, you're obviously, if you come out of lockdown, you're back, you've got restrictions in place. We talk about that, we, you know, and particularly you're coaching young people, youth, juniors. How important is it to remember during this time to take the pressure off? Take the very important, very very important. I I for I'll give you some examples at at Christmas time. Um, British Columbia was in a much different space. Um, so through the summer into the early fall, are in the north, northern hemisphere. We were decent. Um, we had been able to begin competing within bubbles uh, and do some of those things. November brought a shutdown because as the weather turned, people went indoors, the virus spread, the cases went up, everything, you know, dominoes started falling. Um, and so, you know, people were allowed to continue training under strict uh, guidelines. And so I, I made the rounds, so to speak, um, and I attended masks and distanced, but I attended various youth practices. I went and I spoke to clubs, I spoke to groups. Um, and some of the questions that would come to me, for example, not just from the athletes, but also the parents were, uh, what are some things that I can do during the Christmas break, uh, you know, to keep getting better? Um, great question, right? Like that's, that's, that's a cool question. I, I, I respect that. And, you know, one thing I always said was, it's a pandemic. Take a break. Okay. Mm. People have been, it, at that point, it had been nonstop since March. Okay. We, things were shut down. Schools were shut down. Schools were open. Schools were shut down. Schools were open. We're talking about kids. You know, there, there's a funny sort of stream of, of, of videos out there, you know, on Instagram or, or other platforms where babies born in the pandemic that have basically no interaction with the outside world are now going out for the first time. And they're super confused because who are all these people, right? Mm -hmm. Who are they? And if you're working, you know, with 12 year olds and 10 year olds and 13 year olds and whatnot, they, they have literally not seen anyone outside their household and their perhaps their training group uh, for months you know what, it's okay to take 
some days off and sit on the couch and watch a movie. And, you know, if you want to go outside, go in nature, go for a hike, right? Go and try to rejuvenate yourself. And taking away this, we, we, we really live in a world where this constant maximization culture has permeated everything, okay? And I'm a maximizer, Jerome, I, I, I get it, I, I, I do get it. And part of my comment is my own journey um, where you know, I have been, I have had to make these shifts myself where you know, I can't do everything all the time. I have to start setting some boundaries and start doing some things to, to, to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of myself and so forth. It's the same for kids. Kids got to take a break. We got to take the pressure off as coaches. If we are constantly telling young athletes that they're falling behind, if they are not working day to day to day to day to day uh, on their game in the middle of a, a historic event like a pandemic, you know, I think we're, I think we're doing something wrong. Um, I, I, I think we're doing something wrong. I think we need to create a space where sport is an outlet for them, where they get to enjoy physical activity, where they get to go ahead and, um, you know, try to maintain some fitness. Uh, and at the end of the day, whenever they get back to doing their sport at whatever level of seriousness and competitiveness that they are trying to be at, they'll pick it up and they'll do their best during this time. Okay. But we should not be, piling on pressure, piling on expectations on young people that are literally trying to cope with something that none of us had to cope with when we were 14 years old. Okay. None of us went through this. None of us. No. And so we need that recognition. Okay. That is our job as, as a sporting community uh, to, to recognize that. That doesn't mean that we you know, like, hey, go eat potato chips all day and, and hang out on the couch and play Xbox. No, that is not what I am saying. Um, but we need to strike a balance between trying to continue the development of our athletes, continue the development of our teams, um, while protecting the integrity of their mental health um, and their emotional well-being when it comes to their interaction interaction with sport, because you know what's going to happen, it's going to lead to burnout. It's going to lead to abandoning their sport sooner than what might have otherwise occurred. It's going to lead to injury, okay, uh, and all of these issues that we see all over youth sport. Um, we're going to see that um, if we are not careful. So. Um, I, that's what I would say to the pressure question, uh, Jerome, I think it's important that we, we just really find what works for our youth, wherever we are. And if you're working with center of excellence, high performance athletes that are on an Olympic pathway, that's going to be different than working with a group of local 12 year olds that practice twice a week and, you know, want to get out there and run around kicking the soccer ball around and it, it's good it's it's good for their health it's good for their mind it's good for their for their body and everything else 
we need to just understand our context um, and uh, and then fully embrace wherever it is that we are and and go from there. I know I know from experience when we here in Australia when we first came out of the lock, the first lockdown and we came back for the very first time, um, it was it emotions became a bit a big factor in 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 it. You know, um, the players were emotional. I have to confess, I was probably a little emotional myself. Um, how important is it to, you know, how how important is it to let those emotions out, to to allow for all of that to happen, to let them to express uh, joy or, or whatever it is, you know, let let that happen, just let that happen. You know, I think it's important. I think I think managing that, helping them learn how to cope and manage is part of what we do. Um, when we when we promote that next play mentality and we build that 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 culture, it's that's what we're doing. We're teaching them how to cope. Um, and I think it's important to create a space where they are able to express how they feel. Um, and develop the the tools to to cope with their emotions, rather than suppress. And I mean, it's those of us who have children, we deal with that every day. Um, and you know, it's it's constantly explaining like it's not about not getting frustrated. It's about learning how to cope with the frustration and channel it in a way that doesn't lead to something else that is a consequence of the frustration, like acting out or or being rude to somebody or whatever whatever the case may be and prioritizing our own feelings over somebody else's you know self-respect so it's no different with um you know with our athletes i think early on frankly our practice plan should be pretty blank uh in terms of the 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 teaching points, right? Like the key teaching points that we're trying to get across. It's not going to be technical. It's not going to be tactical. Okay. It's all going to be psychosocial. It's all going to be about letting them run some, run some energy off. It's all going to be about, you know, letting them, uh, you know, put them in a position to celebrate some stuff, right. And get excited about things. And, um, you know, coaches in their first few sessions back should be like super, super energetic, super positive, you know, throw a parade for, for kids, like just, you know, let them, let them enjoy being back in sport. Let them enjoy being back playing something that they enjoy. It's a game. So, you know, let's not worry about the one touch passing. Let's not worry about the placement. Let's not worry about what the center back does or, 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 or whatnot. Okay, let's let's worry about making sure that their their reinsertion into sport is positive. It's healthy um, and it gives them this outlet uh, that they need, Um, because I'll tell you what, it's it's been a real journey for all of us. And oftentimes the changes are sudden and unexpected as a result, which creates more confusion and um and more frustration and so you know when we can get our athletes out there playing their sport 
keep in mind why they're playing their sport. Let, let, within the guidelines, let them do what they what what it is that they they came there to do. Okay, um, and that's what I th- that's what I really encourage coaches to, to 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 prepare for for when they come back after a lockdown um, or after a pause in activity. You know whether or not we're in societal lockdown, but there's a pause on sport. Stay engaged with your your athletes. Ask them how they're doing. How, how is it at school? How's your family? Okay. Um, these sorts of things. Part of one of the things that we did at the club where I'm, I'm the director of the club, we, when we had, you know, Zoom calls with all of our different teams um, across the club, you know what? The first 20 minutes, it wasn't talking about, all right, here's our schedule. And, you know, like, this is what we, you know, it was, how's everybody doing, right? Like, how's the situation at your school? Have you been, have you been shut down? Have there been any cases? Um, because don't forget, there was a lot of fear and anxiety. Um, and there still is in many places, but there was a lot of fear and anxiety when nobody really knew what this was. Nobody really knew how it spread. Nobody really knew what we should be doing and not doing. It created like some incredibly difficult environments for us to to be in and support your kids support your athletes you know talk to them as people they're people first so you know check in with their families and um you probably know some of their families build build that connection it's it is going to help you when you start coaching them again but don't do it for that reason do it because it's the right thing to do it's the right thing to do do it because it's the right thing and uh, and then go from there. I know when we first came back at the last time through lockdown, well, not the last time, but the, the original time when I first stepped back into it, because I was seeing a lot of, uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, hyper, uh, over-the-top news going on around the world. It was, it, it was everywhere. You know, you... you, you you, well, it still is. You can't escape. Uh, you can't escape it. It's it's. <laughs> you pick up a paper. There it is. You you turn on the TV. There it is. I made a conscious effort to try to create an environment where for the for the kids. I made it. I felt it was an important thing to do was to create an environment where, as much as possible, it was pandemic free. They didn't have to have. Didn't have to hear every five minutes about all the 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 over the top stuff yeah it was there we talk about it but it it, how important is it to you know to try to give them a space where they're not hearing all that white noise that's going on out there with this yeah it's their outlet you know it's it's an escape uh for all of us to be to be frank um, and some of the best, some of the best experiences of the pandemic for me um, was being on court every day with my with my players and my team. Whatever it is that we were allowed to do or, or not allowed to do, I I recognize how fortunate I was to have somewhere to go where I would get to still be participating in what I'm doing. I would get some physical activity out of it. 
um, and I would get some social interaction out of it. Um, and it was an escape, right? Um, and it's the same thing for the athletes. We, we, we cannot forget, we cannot forget where sport is meant to fit within the lives of young people. And the vast majority of sport participants are not going to be professional athletes. They are not going to make a living in sport. They are not going to be Olympians. The vast majority of athletes that are participating in youth sport are going to be something else. And so keeping things in perspective is really important. We often, as coaches in youth sport, uh, tend to overinflate the importance of what it is that we are doing from a tactical, technical, strategic perspective. Um, and the competitions turn into uh, overblown, um, sort of vicarious experiences for the adult, okay? Rather than allowing it to be what it should be for the young person. It's no different. This was the case before COVID. It's going to be the case after COVID. And it's certainly the case during COVID. Um, and so, you know, keep things in perspective so that young people can use sport as an outlet. They can um, experience a little bit of a pause, a little bit of a break for two hours or whatever it is that they get um, with their buddies and their friends at sport. Um, even if they can't high five and even if they can't play against each other, you know, have to maintain distancing, they still get to forget that the world is locked down, shut down, people are dying, uh, economies are crashing, their parents might have lost their job, okay, someone in the family might have passed away, like, there's real life happening out there, okay, and, you know, we sometimes in sport um, conflate sport with real life. And as much as we care about it, and as much as we invest in it, um, for the vast majority of us, it is not life. Uh, it is something that we do because we care for um, the athletes and because we care for the sport and because we're passionate about it. So let's just keep things in perspective. One of the last things I want to I want to touch on before we wrap up, um, we're obviously going to have to communicate differently, uh, particularly when we're training with restrictions in place. Obviously, the player group is going to be, you know, further apart than it would normally be. How important is it for a coach to adjust how they communicate to figure out a new way to get the points they need to get across without necessarily having to be, you know, up close? In, in contact with the, with the player it's it's important for coaches to to adapt this is an example of where the adaptation needs to happen um for example for myself i'm i'm typically very conscious of where i position athletes and where i position myself or my assistant coaches uh physically on the court uh or in a locker room or whatever um wherever we might be in a meeting room wherever we might be speaking so whether that's which direction are they facing 
Um, how are we organized? Um, all of these things are important to me. Uh, and I think they, they merit consideration uh, for all coaches. That certainly has not changed. In fact, it's increased. Uh, the complexity of that decision has gotten greater during COVID. Um, and so maybe you're not delivering your message to the entire group at one time. Maybe you're delivering several messages. Um, if, you, if you practice on a large surface like a soccer pitch or a football field or you know, a large outdoor space, you know, maybe you're laying down cones or you're laying down something to designate areas where athletes need to be um, when you are huddling, quote unquote, um, and you provide some organization to that. No different indoors. Um, try to keep it consistent uh, for the athletes so that they can understand and build a habit uh, for where they need to go, what they need to do. Uh, where they need to stand. And, and again, it's the guidelines that are going to instruct you on that. What is required where you are? What is allowed where you are? What can you do? And then buy into that and look for ways. We're always looking for a competitive advantage. So look for ways to turn even this into a competitive advantage. Um, so for example, bless you. Um, so, so, so for example, you know, we are, um, we've been, experimenting with different ways of organizing our communication. At least I was doing that when it was a requirement. Um, and some of it has carried over to when it isn't a requirement, but experimenting with different ways, which could carry over to a timeout, which could carry over to, um, you know, other types of, of, of communication spaces for us. So like there, there's really no rock under which we cannot find something that we could try to leverage into a competitive advantage. That's what we do, right? It's what we do as coaches. So, you know, understanding what we have to be doing per the guidelines and the way that we need to operate, that's the first thing. Um, and then find ways to innovate, find ways to make it work for you and your group and where you are. And, um, and then you could take it from there. Okay, I guess to sum it up, what, what's the one takeaway you would say to coaches through this time? What's the one thing that they, they need to be they need to be doing? The one thing they need to be aware of? Less is more. Adaptation is everything. Do not do the tried and true. The tried and true won't work. Okay. Not only because you're probably not allowed to do the tried and true, uh, depending on the situation where you're at, um, but it, you're also... Um, you know, your athletes are not going to be ready for, particularly when they reintegrate the sport, they're going to need time. So you have to allow them the space and give your team the space or your athletes the space to ramp back up physically. Um, and, you know, a, a quick example, you know, one, one of the best things that came from the restrictions which we had to work under back in September was that we needed time to, we, we, we weren't allowed to even pass the ball to each other um, on a basketball court. So we organized our practice sessions accordingly where, you know, athletes would be moving through basically stations. Um, and it turned into a great two week period of building up our physical capacity, regaining our ball touch um, you know, by allowing them 
a lot of reps that they otherwise would not have gotten. Uh, and, and by the time we were able to get going, we were able to do more physically exerting things in the full court and, and otherwise, because we had kind of been forced to do that. Right. Um, and oftentimes when we start up as coaches, we want to hit the ground running, uh, and we ramp up too quick. And that's where hamstrings and groins and shin splints and all these other types of injuries occur. So less is more adaptation is everything, uh, throw out the tried and true and have a look at what it is that you can do to make the experience as positive as possible, as enjoyable as possible, throw a parade for your kids, get out there, you know, make sure everybody's walking off with a smile. It's okay. If somebody flubs a kick or if somebody misses a pass or, you know, somebody dribbles it out of bounds or, or things like that. It's, it's, it's okay. We are going to get back to our level of performance um, you know, in due course, in due time, let's not forget that we are coaching humans first athletes, second, and, you know, fundamentally of all, don't forget to take care of yourselves. Um, you know, make sure you practice self-care and, uh, and then that way, if you're ready, you'll be able to take care of helping other people get ready. Well, thank you again, David, for uh, be coming, being with us again for another Thinking Coach and talking on a very relevant topic, certainly for Australia right now, right this minute. Um, because we'll, we will, we're in lockdown now, but very shortly there's absolutely no doubt about it that we'll be back, but restrictions will be there. So coaches will need to be you know, thinking ahead and planning for all of that yet again. Uh, so thank you again for being a part of the show and just quickly for everyone, remember that on the 21st of July, we're having a very special Thinking Coach workshop, two hours talking about creating culture with teams and programs. So you, please consider getting in and registering for that very special free workshop with, with David. Uh, it's going to be quite informative. So thanks again, David. Absolutely, Jerome. Thank you for, for the discussion. You know, chin up, Australia. Um, you guys survive you guys survive in a place where everything wants to kill you, which is the first thing they told me uh, when I first started going down there. And so there is not a, a hardier folk, uh, you know, anywhere. You guys are going to make it through this and, and come out the other end, um, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later. And I, I, I do hope coaches consider the, the 21st, the workshop on, on the 21st. I'm looking forward to that. It should be a lot of fun and hopefully informative um, for coaches as, uh, as we progress through this next period of time. Thanks for the discussion and uh, I'll see you next week. Thanks everyone. And we'll catch you all again next week.